This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Blood Red podcast. I am Christian Welsh, and with me today are Paul Ghost and Matt Addison. How are we, gentlemen? Not bad. We're keeping ever closer towards Christmas, aren't we? But Liverpool's fixture list, strangely, is a little bit easier than usual, so uh, not, not too much of a hectic one for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, very good as well, thank you. And uh, yeah, just reflecting on what was a pretty decent weekend for Liverpool. Absolutely, absolutely lovely tree in the background, by the way, Matt. I know our podcast <laughs> listeners can't see it, but you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to trust me here, listeners, that he has got a very lovely tree in the background. Um, we're, we're going to talk about something very special today. Uh, you may or may not know that we've been running the Fans Footballer of the Year. Uh, 2020. It's the first ever time we've been doing this across Reach, which obviously includes Liverpool Echo and therefore includes Blood Red. Um, and fans have been spending 10 days voting for their, um, their Footballer of the Year. And I can now reveal that the winner is a Liverpool player and it is Mohamed Salah. Paul Ghost, very, very sort of quick take here. Are you surprised that Salah's won it? If it's a public vote, then no, I'm not. Um, Mohamed Salah spent three or four years at Liverpool cleaning up when it comes to public votes. But um, his performances um, probably merit that award, don't they? He was one of my four nominees for, for, for this um, Fans Football of the Year award alongside um, Sadio Mane, Virgil van Dijk and, and Jordan Henderson. Uh, and I think we, we kind of have to say that it's for 2020, isn't it? It's not for a particular season or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And um, he's got just as much acclaim as anyone. He's had a fantastic... 2020 with Liverpool, obviously the top goal scorer last season, firing them to a first league title in 30 years. He started this this, this season in absolutely stunning style. I think he's up to 16 goals already, which is only um, it was around about eight or so less than he got for the entirety of last season, which is incredible when you think uh, we're not even at Christmas yet. So he's a footballer round about now at the peak of his powers. Um, he's just the superstar in this Liverpool team. Um, uh, you know, a, a, an icon off the pitch, just as much as he is on it, um, and uh, just an absolutely world-class talent um, coming into into the very best years of his career. So just before I move on to you, Matt, just to yeah, sort of tell everybody how it works. So we all, as a as a network, a reach network, James, all across all across our titles, voted a five-man shortlist themselves, um, and then the top the top seven were put to the public vote and. You know, I can sort of let you peek behind the curtain here and, and, and say that Salah was actually seventh, so he only just scraped in. Um, and only two journalists out of a uh, hundred who voted, um, only two journalists actually put them as their player of the year. So, Matt, does you know, we don't want to sort of say he doesn't deserve it because he absolutely does, but does this sort of show the the connection he has, I suppose, with Liverpool fans and obviously fans back home in Egypt. Does this just show you what, what sort of man he is as much as a player? Yeah, I think it does. I think it, it very much shows that. It shows, you know, that he deserves it and he's very at the, at the top of his, his powers, as, as Gorsty says there. But I think it also shows really that the fact that only two people put him at the top of their list shows that we've just come to expect this from him. This is, you know, the, the standard that he's at now is just... Oh, that's that's just what Mohamed Salah does, and I think that's the reason why not more people have, have put him at the top of that list. And I know I myself didn't put him as my number one, and that that's probably why, isn't it? Because when you look at these numbers, you think back to his his first season and he got those forty four goals. Well, 
his goal scoring rate so far this season is pretty similar to what it was at that point in time. The only difference now is that we've just got used to it. We know how good he is. We know how consistent he is. He just scores goals with such a rate, I think, in his entire time at Liverpool during Premier League matches. I think it's 0.97 goals or assists per match that he's played in. You know, those sorts of numbers, really, it, it should be him at the top of this list by an absolute mile just by those numbers. But we do just take him for granted at, at this moment in time. I think that sort of goes to show just how good he is, how good and, and consistent he is, not just this year, but in previous seasons as well, that we don't really notice it anymore. And it, I think this is why it's so good for, for me to, to see him win this award is a kind of recognition and putting him back up where he deserves to be because he is an absolutely elite footballer, one of the absolute best players in the world. There's no doubt about that. And I think this is sort of the recognition that he deserves that maybe he's probably not got for, for the last couple of seasons, even though he's still been at that high level. I think he's a better footballer you know, generally now than what he was when he first came to Liverpool, even though the goals might not show it. But I think he <clears throat> he's more of a, a player that you know teams will look out for now. I think that's why he doesn't score as many goals. But then that creates space for Sadio Mane. It creates space for, for Roberto Firmino. We saw with the assist over the weekend against Crystal Palace, that pass into Roberto Firmino. I don't think the Mohamed Salah of his first season at Liverpool would have been able to produce something like that. So, yeah, I think it, it's absolutely just rewards that, that he's picked up this award. And as I say, I think it's especially important as a kind of reminder, if nothing else, of just how good he is compared to the rest. I think what you say there is spot on, Matt. I mean, I've, I've known that he's won it for the past 48 hours or so, really. Um, and it's, I've been like the fellow who knows the strictly results before everybody else has been really hard to keep in. But, you know, when, when I first saw that, I was a bit like, OK, that's that's interesting. But like you say, Matt, I think we come to get so used to what Mohamed Salah can do and, and, and his brilliance that you, you do sleep on him a little bit in, in how good he can be. So I sort of spent the, the weekend sort of going through his year and that kind of thing. And 36 goal involvements, contributions, however you want to call it, 36 in, in the year 2020, which given the the really stop-start nature of it and given the fact that you know it, it, it's not been an easy year for anybody as, as a footballer, I think, to, to kind of show that level of consistency that that's a remarkable feat so, i mean paul are, are we are we into the the, the realms now of talking as of salad as, as one of liverpool's best ever players because we're at this the the, the the stage where he'll win a player of the year awards not just for liverpool but for the entire um for the entire premier league he'll win that and we'll sort of maybe frown a little bit but 36 goal involvements we do take him for granted and it's because he's so good. Is he up there now with the very, very best? Yeah, absolutely, no question. And I think, I think in the Premier League era, I, th I think maybe what what really counts against Salah is the fact that he's not he's not a one man band. Whereas previous, you know, kind of Liverpool icons in the Premier League era have almost been the one star in the team. You look back and you think, obviously, Steven Gerrard for his longevity, but Luis Suarez was in there, Fernando Torres, or Robbie Fowler, or Michael Owen. But Salah's in there now, and he's alongside Avezio Van Dijk. He's alongside Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. The whole team is just an, an elite team, isn't it? So I think that perhaps maybe counts against Salah. But I think now I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many numbers it is, but he's not he's not too far away from Robbie Fowler's Premier League record of, of all-time goals. I think Fowler got around about 125. I think Salah might be pushing near 80. So. Um, 
he's already scored 16 this season across all competitions. If he carries on scoring at this rate, he's going to get a lot closer to Fowler this season and next season he's going to be looking at it again. And I think by the time he leaves, you're looking at Mohamed Salah as Liverpool's all-time leading scorer in the Premier League era, which is a, sounds ridiculous. Um, just how how good you have to be to to, to take that mantle, and um, he's he's definitely got it in his sights. So he's just an absolute superstar, and um, I, I think um, while this Liverpool team is a team of of world-class footballers, I don't think there's too many that kind of. Um, crossover into into the mainstream the way Salah does in terms of off the pitch. You see Virgil Van Dijk now popping up on on one or two little adverts, but in terms of actually being um, a superstar off it, it, it's Salah who's the main man for Liverpool, isn't he? Absolutely. I'll just throw it straight back to you there as well, Paul. In terms of you said that the, the dreaded double L word, they're leaving Liverpool. Um, we, we want this to be a positive podcast, and and and, and you know. I'd, I think Liverpool have probably done very well for, for for a fair while now to not have any rumblings of any of the front three or any of the best players leaving Liverpool. But there is a little bit of noise around it at the moment, inevitably, because you know, I suppose when things are going really well and there's bound to be a story somewhere. Um, how important is it for Liverpool to to keep Mo Salah in, in the sense that, you know, not, not just him, but the front three, the, the contracts all expire in 2023, so about two and a half years to go. There's got to be conversations at some point soon about extending them, and if they don't extend them, potentially sell them. How important is it that Liverpool keep Mo Salah? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, he signed a, he was, he'd only been at Liverpool a year, hadn't he? And then he signed a new contract, so that would have been summer of 2018. So we're getting on to two and a half years into that now. Um, of what would have been, you, you presume, a five year deal. Um, I can't remember exactly if that was disclosed or not, but. Um, you're looking at it now and you're thinking it's time to maybe stick or twist. Do Liverpool look to turn him down to a new contract or perhaps think that they can cash in on the star value at the moment? And I don't think there's any suggestion that Liverpool would look to do that. And from the player's perspective, why would you want to leave at the moment? Um, Barcelona and Real Madrid are in a bit of a state of flux at the moment. And are either of those better prospects than Liverpool in terms of a football team? I don't think they are. Paris Saint-Germain are always there throwing mega millions at any player who wants to come to them, but it's a huge step down going to, to leave league on, isn't it? And I think I just think why why would you want to leave Liverpool at the moment? Jurgen Klopp has got this this team who looks like the for all the problems that they've had with injuries, with fixtures, congestions, with questionable VAR calls, are still comfortably top of the league, and they look like they're going to go on and, and retain the, the Premier League title, and, and they've got just as much a chance as anyone of winning the European Cup as well. So. The question for a player is, why would you want to leave? And the question for the club is, why would you have any um, inclination to, to sell a player who is always uh, your top goal scorer? So um, it's a perfect marriage. Liverpool kind of plucked him from, not obscurity, because he, he was still a big star in Italian football with Roma, but they made him an elite-level, world-class forward that he is today. And it's just a perfect working relationship from the outside looking in. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Matt, uh, just finally on Salah, um, you know, Gorsi mentioned it there about his, his impact off the pitch as well. We see he's, he's, he's an icon, not just for his for his club, not just for his country, but you know, you could argue for his for his faith in in terms of how he's he's really brought you know he's shone a light on on the importance of of acceptance and and, and diversity. Um, and you know, 
he's done his, his utmost to, to try and tackle Islamophobia in the UK. And I think he's, you know, taking real big strides around that. As a, as a man and as a sort of a, a human and what he's doing, how lucky is it that, you know, or was this all part of the plan that Liverpool picked up somebody who clearly transcends the sport and is, you know, more than just a footballer to so many people? It's a, a difficult one to answer, isn't it? I wonder, you know, Liverpool, I'm sure, would have been aware of it, but I'm sure, you know, even Liverpool wouldn't have seen him in a footballing sense getting to the, the absolute levels that he got to so quickly, at least. I think, you know, the, the fact that he does all of this stuff off the pitch can only be a good thing for Liverpool. It, it works in a, a cynical way in terms of the brand and in terms of getting people on board in, in different parts of the world and things like that. But, you know, just to, to take that out of it, just in terms of, what he brings to the table, as you say, in terms of his faith, in terms of his country. He has shone a light on on certain certain aspects of life around the world for people who I'm sure who, you know, weren't necessarily aware of, of maybe what Egypt was like or, you know, what sort of different cultures and different things around the world were. And I think that's just the, the brilliant thing about not just Salah, but, but football, isn't it? That it does have the power to do that, but you do have to have one of these special cases one of these special players who's absolutely at the elite level of the game who as you say transcends the sport in many ways and I think for for Mohamed Salah to take on that is a huge responsibility to be honest I think you know a lot of players would maybe struggle with that spotlight being on them in such a way you look at at him in Egypt he's an, an absolute hero he's a god isn't he in Egypt he's absolutely you know huge every time he goes away with the national team it's not really about the national team. It's about Mohamed Salah and, you know, to, to shoulder that responsibility at the same time as, as being an absolutely unbelievably good footballer, I think is, you know, a testament to, to him, to his character, to the way that, you know, he's sort of developed as a person, not, not just at Liverpool, but, but previous to that as well. And yeah, the, there's, there's so many good things that you can say about him on the pitch. You know, we, we talk about the goals records, we talk about the assists, all of those sorts of things. But I think, you know, that is, just as important to be honest uh, just you know as a, a general all-round footballer I think to be able to take on that responsibility says you know a huge amount in a positive way about you know what a, a person and, and what a character that he is. Three of the Liverpool players were up for the award um, they, they managed to finish in the top seven that was Henderson, uh, Mane and Van Dijk. Um, Jack Grealish came second, Marcus Rashford third, I think a lot of the votes there coming for a lot of his work off the field and, and deservedly so uh, number four was Kevin De Bruyne, and then along come the the, the, the three Liverpool players. It was Henderson fifth, uh, Mane sixth, and, and Van Dijk seventh. Paul, you, when you put in your actual club-specific nominations, as you said, these were the four you picked, and they were also the order of the four um, for Liverpool. So Salah, Henderson, uh, Mane, and Van Dijk. But does that just that Liverpool have got that, you know, you, you, four of them managed to get into the top seven. And as I say, this was a vote from, uh, you know, 100 journalists across the network. Four of them managed to get in there. And all of them would have been, to a certain degree, wavy winners. It might just be the fact that the Liverpool vote split it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what does it say about Liverpool in general? Yeah, it's the same same as the Ballon d'Or award of, of 2019, wasn't it? Where, was it um, three of three of, uh, the top five are from Liverpool? Um mm-hmm. Van Dijk, Mane and Salah and I think Alisson was in there as well. Look, you, you can go right across this Liverpool team and, and it's the reason they are as good as they are. You know, there's no there's no one superstar, there's no one key man. 
um, they do have top level players right across the pitch, and that is the reason why they are as good as they are. And I think Van Dijk perhaps been a little bit hard done by being so far down there. I think defenders don't always get the recognition, do they? And it's a lot more about systems and and tactics and, and the collective when you're a defender, but you cast the eye more as, a, as an attacker when you can do something out the blue. Um, but yeah, it, it, it just shows that the, the strength of Liverpool, absolute phenomenal world-class talents everywhere you look. And um, I think I think that the, the four who, who we've mentioned here for Liverpool all bring something different, don't they? I think Henderson's got that drive and determination in the middle of the captain who basically ensures that standards don't drop. So these world-class footballers, Never, they're never given an off day because they've got the, the captain barking the orders and, and the flea in their ear. And also a, a bit of an underrated passing range in, in midfield. And, and we've spoken a lot about what he brings. Van Dijk, for me, is just the absolute best centre-back that I've ever seen in a Liverpool shirt. Um, and I, I love Sammy Hippier and, and Jamie Carragher growing up, but Van Dijk is just um, incredible. And then you've got Mane and Salah, haven't you, who, um, who are the, the goal-getters and, and the, the, the ones who, who score the important goals for Liverpool. So... Um, you, you could have you could have made the case for anyone, you know, since Alexander Arnold's missed out on this, um, Andy Robertson. Just everywhere you look, Liverpool are, are a top top side and uh, it's been reflected in the fact that Mohamed Salah, above everyone else, has, uh, has won this award. So while the top seven went to the public, we've also rounded off into the top 15. We based positions 8 to 15 on on basically what the journalists picked and then... Um, you know, it, it was like a voting system, so you got five points for first, four points for second, and so on. Um, and there was one more Liverpool player in there, Trent Alexander-Arnold. You just mentioned his name there, Paul. Um, he finished 10th, just rounding off the top 15. Uh, eighth was Son, Vardy. Uh, Trent was 10th, as I just said. Bruno, 11th. Harry Kane, 12th. Danny Ings, 13th. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was 14th. And Raheem Sterling rounds off the top 15. Matt, is, 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 are there any players there for Liverpool? And, and I think the answer is, is going to be a resounding yes. But is there are there any players there for Liverpool who can feel aggrieved that they, that they didn't quite make it into the top 15? Because I can think of, of about three or four off the top of the edge straight away. I think you can, yeah, as you say, go through and, and go for, for three or four. I think, you know, Alisson Becker is the best goalkeeper in the world for me. I think he's unfortunate, but it's that classic thing, isn't it, of, of goalkeepers in these awards. How do you compare a goalkeeper to, to Mohamed Salah? It's pretty much impossible, isn't it? So I can understand that. I think, you know, Trent being there is understandable. Andy Robertson, I think, has been equally as good. You know, you look at the assists that he's done. I think there was that stat over the weekend, wasn't there, that since August 2018, only Kevin De Bruyne has provided more assists in the Premier League than Andy Robertson. You know, for a left back to be posting those numbers again, absolutely incredible. And to be honest, I think you could probably pick any Liverpool player in this team. Genie Van Alden, what a season he has been having so far this season. He wasn't, you know, quite as good at, at the, the end of, of last season. He stepped up again this season and, and gone on another level. But you think, well, if Virgil van Dijk is on the list, you know, he's missed, I think, a third of, of Liverpool's competitive games through injury. So there's certainly an argument then for, for Wijnaldum being there. I think there's there's just an argument for, for every Liverpool player, isn't there? Roberto Firmino hasn't had the, the best year, but, you know, in, in another year, it could quite easily have, have been him. He's certainly improved of late and, and we know what, what standards he can bring to the table. So, yeah, there's there, there's so many different options, isn't there? And I think you know that's you know why Liverpool are, are top of the Premier League. That's why they're the favourites to to go on and, and retain that because in every 
single position, you've got at least one player who is, you know, at that world-class level. And for a, a football team to, to have that, it's it's very, very rare to have a squad where you can go round and go, there is absolutely no weaknesses in that. Fabinho is, is the other one that I'd pick out as well, uh, just to, to go for a, another individual. I think, obviously, for me, the, by far and away, the best holding midfielder in the Premier League. But he spent, you know, the, the large portion of this season playing at centre-back and there's a, a good argument that he's right up there in, in terms of the best centre-backs in the Premier League as well. So to be able to to do that in two positions and be absolutely world-class in each of them, again, that there's an argument for, for him being there as well. Wijnaldum and Alisson were the only other Liverpool players who received any votes whatsoever, which is which is very interesting. A couple of players who, who did receive votes, um, Conor Cody, Christian Pulisic, uh, Tariq Lamperty, Raul Jimenez, Wilfred Zaha and Matthew Pennington. Um, and, and yeah, <laughs> no, no guesses for that one, Paul, on who went for that. Um, just very, very quickly, then finally, um, 2021 obviously is upon us. We hope it's a, a much better year for everybody. Um, who, who's who, who can you see? Who go on, you know, sort of let's let's do a bit of a time capsule here for, for both of you. Who do you think is going to be your four come December 2021, Gorsty from Liverpool? Um. I mean, you'd have to do very well, wouldn't you, to, to get in above the four who, who we've picked. Um, see no reason why why Trent can't be there. Andy Robertson's been fantastic this year, at the moment. He, if he carries that on, then you know you, you feel that he might be up there. And, and I think Matt's got a very good point about Fabinho. Now, I've been amazed by how quickly he's adjusted to being a, a centre-back. I mean, we know he's, he's a top-level defensive midfielder, but it's a, it's a bit of a different game, dropping back 10 or 15 yards and looking to kind of communicate more with, with, with the back four as opposed to just being in a, in a midfield three. Um, completely different discipline and he's just taken to that like a, like a duck to water. So if he carries that on, then maybe he might get some recognition as difficult as it is for centre-backs. But um, you know, if, if Salah carries on the, this kind of form, then he's, he's going to be right up there again there. But that's the beauty of this Liverpool team. There's that many of them that you can. You can it, it's too tough to, to predict the year on. I mean, a few years ago, you'd have said that oh, it's going to be Stephen Gerrard again, isn't it? Surely, or Fernando Torres, no question. But now you you can't really pick it. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to move away from those four, isn't it? I think if if I had to pick one that was going to break in, I think it would be Trent. I think there's a huge potential there for for him to to move forward a lot. I think there's you know m- much much more to to his development moving forward. There's always that question of will he move into midfield? I don't think he will for at least four or five years if he ever does. Um, but certainly at right back, I think there's you know as good as he's been and as much as he's redefined that position and, and become the best in the world for me in that role. I still think that there's more to come from him. And I think we could see, you know, with him being at the age that he is, I think we could see another huge step forward for him in the next few months. So, yeah, if he can stay fit, I think he would be the one that I can see making the most improvement. And I think someone like, you know, Andy Robertson, Fabinho, those sorts of players, you can see them, you know, at the very least staying at the level that they are now, which, again, you'd have to say would put them into contention as well. I'm a massive fan. We've all forgot that Thiago Alcantara exists, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say Thiago and nobody said Thiago. And that's no reflection. I just, it's just, he doesn't exist at the moment, does he? He's yeah. had three half for Liverpool. He's played, what, what must it be? You know, sort of 135 minutes of league action. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best players in the world. It just shows you the depth of this Liverpool team. 
Um, so that's my pick. I think Thiago might sneak into the top four somehow. But who he displaces, I don't know. Maybe Van Dijk, just because obviously he's not going to be back for a for a short while, um, at the very least in, in 2021. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. And a, a big thank you as well to everybody who listens to the Blood Reds, who voted in this in this uh, awards. Uh, hopefully we're going to have a, a couple of really good pieces of content coming out of this on the Liverpool Echo website. Um, Mohamed Salah is your fans footballer of the year 2020. Let us know what you think about that in the you know sort of on our social media channels live echo lfc um so yeah from from myself christian walsh from paul gorston and matt addison uh big thank you and if i don't speak to you before then have a very merry christmas you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo